1: here is biblical citizen let's roll hello biblical
2: citizens so picking up from last week we discussed the doctrine of the lesser magistrate how citizens can support local leaders who refuse to carry out immoral or unconstitutional orders of would-be tyrants and would-be tyrants are targeting our children right here in california and elsewhere in order to remake the world in what to them would be, they consider a utopia, but it would be a hellish nightmare for most of us. In California here, Gavin Newsom and the state attorney general, Rob Bonta, are working seemingly tirelessly to take away parents' rights. For example, to opt our children out of graphic sex education, classes in the elementary schools, controlling everyone's textbooks, overruling school boards, and opposing a parent's right to know if their child is expressing the desire to be a different sex in school. So we're very honored today to have Brad Dacus, the president and founder of the Pacific Justice Institute. This is a group of hundreds of attorneys who voluntarily defend faith, and family cases nationwide in fact pacific justice institute we understand handles more cases free of charge than any other legal organization of its kind and is on the forefront of this fight to preserve and defend parental rights so we're honored to have him with us today welcome brad oh thank you it's great to be on the program so, just to start out a little bit, everybody might not be familiar with Pacific Justice Institute, but you're the largest nonprofit Christian legal defense organization in the country. And I understand you have something like 25 offices across 20 states. So, briefly, uh, just tell us, Brad, how did you found this in the first place? Because you are the founder. And just again, briefly, how did you grow to where you are today?
3: Yeah, well, I founded it back in 1997, and at the time I was the Western Regional Coordinator for the Rutherford Institute of Coordinating Litigation in 14 Western states. And uh, after five years, everything was going really smooth, and, of course, when everything's really smooth, that's when change happens. Uh, so
1: <laughs> yeah. the
2: national
3: office of Rutherford had to scale in you know, a way back, and they closed their regional offices, including the one on the West Coast. Uh, they offered me a job back east to head of the public affairs office in Washington, D.C., I'd uh, be the rep- the face of the organization for all media, radio, television, and represented before Congress, uh, higher pay, et cetera. And I said, yes, of course. And then I had insomnia and I couldn't sleep. And I still couldn't sleep. Finally, I prayed about it. Uh, so I was holding off on the praying because I had to, you know, usually when I pray, I get convicted to do something that's uh, requiring faith. Yeah. But, uh, and that's what, that's exactly what happened. I, felt convicted to follow the passions that were on my heart, that the Lord put on my heart, which is to make sure people got the help where it was needed the most here on the West Coast. So um, I said, okay, God, I'll do it uh, on several conditions. I need to have free office space donated in Sacramento indefinitely, free computer system. Keep me on the radio stations for free. There were two at the time. And we have to be in the blackout in just three months. I'm never going to charge anyone for at any time uh, for any of our services. So um, I thought it was very reasonable, but God came through on all of it, uh, miraculously. Um, it's just incredible, the whole story behind it. We don't have time to really get into all of it, but just uh, God literally raised it up, and He taught me from the beginning. It was His baby and not mine. And um, and with that, he, uh, he He developed it and developed it, and we've really exploded in the last five, six years. And, uh, in fact, we now have, I believe, 30, uh, 36 offices in 26 states uh, you know we have a number of offices opened up just this year and uh we're Well, you're
2: growing know- so fast uh, your website can't even keep up with it that's incredible <laughs> <Yeah>. well, that's <laughs> amazing
3: um yeah we've got updated yeah definitely but it it is amazing what god's doing and so we have all these offices no other organization has this kind of a huge footprint um all of the office space is donated almost amazing. all the utilities are donated uh and then as far as the radio program that has exploded uh it's heard on the legal edge and the Dacus report are heard on over a thousand radio uh, stations wow. and uh, around the around the United States all without charge and uh, we don't uh, then we have a new show called the the, the uh, Face and Law Face and Law that's uh, has come out. It's on a number of platforms and streaming and, uh, it's, uh and then the, the Dacus report it's just, it's exciting to see all that God's doing. Uh, to enable us to to get out our messaging and use our resources uh, very, very efficiently. Uh, The the charitynavigator.com, which I think is a great resource to evaluate objectively nonprofits, uh, it gives us at Pacific Justice Institute the highest possible rating, uh, and they look at efficiency and transparency. And uh, we really work hard to stay above reproach in how we do things at PJI. So God's, God's been gracious, and it's exciting to see all that he's doing.
4: Well, yes, because you are an answer to prayer. There are so many parents out there praying that the Lord will lift people up, that will bring people up to fight for their rights and to go against what's happening in our culture. So just give us a little rundown about your parental rights cases, which area are you most involved in some of your high-profile ones and just, you know, how the battle's going uh, in, a, in in you know, kind of try to be brief because I'm sure there's a lot you could say. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you're right. But, you're, you're absolutely right. I appreciate so much uh, the privilege of being on your program. I know many, many people listen to uh, Cape Praise and the San Diego the surrounding area, and uh, so I, I appreciate this tremendously. Yeah, we have... Uh, i 'll talk uh, go right into talking about social workers uh child protective services you know, we have p j i pacific justice too we give emergency counsel uh uniquely this is a unique area of ours uh We give counsel to parents all across the united states twenty four seven who have threats uh, by social workers uh, to take their children really um, and uh and they're not just taking them because the, you know they're not being fed food or are they're being hit and beaten you know in the, in the face no um, most kids are taken for reasons that uh, studies show that they should not be taken. Even the Department of Health and Human Services concluded this in a study that they did showing, saying that most kids should not be taken. They're actually better off uh, in a, a rough, you know, moderately abusive home, if you will, uh, but what we're talking about now though are cases where they're taking children because of the Christian beliefs. Of so
4: it's the ideological. If you don't have the right leftist beliefs, then you you have the threat of your children being taken away. Well, give
3: an example yeah, right.
4: give
2: an example of that, sure. Brad. yeah,
3: sure, I'd be happy to. It's, it's similar to what the Soviet Union used to have. Uh, but we have it very similar here in California. So uh, we had a case involving a, a, a young teenage girl. Uh, this was in Northern California. And uh, she decided, um, you know, being attending a public school and all that, she was the propaganda she was getting. She decided. She said, "You know, I think I'm really actually a boy. I feel like I may be a boy in early adolescence, which is real common in early adolescence for kids to be insecure and uncertain about their their gender and you know, make up, coming manhood or womanhood." Uh, so she told her friend. Her friend told the teacher. The teacher told the, uh, the cou- school counselor. School counselor called the social worker. School social worker went to the family and the Christian family and says. Uh, uh, you know, so what do you, you know, are you going to support her? They said, well, no, we're, we're a Christian family. We're going to get her counseling and love her and work with her. And, and they, so they took her, took the girl from the Christian family because of the Christian beliefs and because they weren't going to encourage this confusion, uh, leading to death usually before the age of 30. That's not, those are stats.
4: Yeah. A fact.
3: It's worse, it's a worse uh, than having a c- cancerous tumor. Statistically, for minors, they have a better likelihood of surviving a cancerous tumor and beyond the age of thirty than they do uh, transgenderism. Oh wow! So yeah, so it's it's very sick, it's cruel, and uh, and there's nothing supporting it by medicine or science to justify it, or psychologically to justify it. It doesn't uh, reduce de- uh, depression or or suicide. So they, um, but nonetheless, that's that's what the state of California. That was their, that's their resolve. So they took this girl. They were gonna get uh, filed for guardianship so they could start the process. Before she even reached 18, they were going to start the process, which is illegal in California. We were notified. We stepped in immediately. Uh, we went into court. We got we got it halted. We contested the guardianship. We fought it for two years, and we held held it off for two years. They finally decided, the judge, to give the child back to the parents. At that last hearing, uh, the child said, you know, Your Honor, actually, I just want you to know that um, I think I decided I don't want to be a boy after all. Uh,
2: <laughs> that is a story that should be – I'm glad you have all those radio stations because that story should be blared all across the country. Wow. Well, yeah. in
4: line with this, yeah. we are really fighting this right here in our hometown of Escondido in San Diego County. This right for parents to know if their child is going through these Kind of spiritual gender matters. I mean, it's all ideation, right? Uh, so
3: yeah, and yeah, we we're, we're going that through that, and do, and, and
4: and there's the the uh, the mirability versus West, Mirability and West versus Olson case, which I don't know if you're familiar, but we're that's coming right out of our school district, and we're dealing with it. Uh, right. So.
3: Yeah. It's a uh, yeah. Well, we had a, a case in San Diego County. Dealing with a pastor and his wife, and they called us, and it was before uh, the, the day before the social worker was going to come in and, and, and investigate and question them, and and he called us and said someone in our church said that you know probably it might be a good idea for you to for us to talk to you first. I said, well, what are you going to tell the social worker? And it was dealing with a girl who uh, wanted to be a boy, and uh, and she said, uh, and and the uh, the pastor said, well, we are explained to them that we're Christians and that we believe in the Bible as God's word, and. It, we live by the Bible and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I said, okay, um, uh, you, if you say that tomorrow, you're going to lose your daughter. They're going to take your daughter. So here's what you're going to say you're going to thank the social worker for her sensitivity to the wide diversity of children uh, like your daughter and the need for love and acceptance uh, for, you know, girls like your daughter and support for girls like your daughter, and how you're unconditional in your love for your daughter. Of course, the last point was the only true true statement. Um, and, uh, and, and they said, the pastor said, well, we don't believe that. I said, well, I know you don't. Uh, but if, you know, when Pharaoh's army knocked on uh, Moses' mom's door and they said, do you have any babies around here? She didn't say, oh, gosh, yeah, I can't lie. She's in a little basket and some reeds right over there. Go ahead and kill it. No, they, <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't lie. Yeah.
2: yeah, that's an important point, though. Well, that's
4: what these teachers yeah. decided in our school district, that, that, you know, the Department of Education came out with this policy that said you cannot notify parents if children are confused. And they said, well, we don't want to keep this secret from parents and we we don't want to have to lie to them. So they took it to court and the judge ruled in their favor that, yes, parents have a right to know that it's a harmful policy to keep it secret from parents. And yet Rob Bonta, the attorney general, is now saying he's going to keep that policy, that secrecy policy, in 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 defiance of the federal judge's order so uh we're we're rallying parents to go to the school board and ask them to pass a parental notification policy in spite of Rob Bonta and his wacky ideas i mean harmful terrible ideological ideas but Brad, when, when so, someone
2: like, I'm sure you're familiar with this, this this Rob Bonta, the Attorney General, I'm sure you're very familiar, but when an Attorney General like that openly defies a, a ruling from a federal judge...
4: Yeah, isn't there a is penalty? That, is,
2: that tip, is, there, is there a penalty, and also, does that make it more likely that a higher court would uphold that federal judge's ruling, or, you know, how is this viewed when an attorney general openly defies the judiciary?
3: Yeah, the attorney general, first off, this attorney general is disgraceful, absolutely disgraceful to his oath of office. Uh, He should be ashamed of himself, and it's very indicative of the widespread tyranny, corruption, and disrespect for the law that we have uh, permeating uh, throughout uh, California uh, state uh, government, from the governor to the head of the Department of Education, etc. So uh, this is a, a, a test of where we are in terms of our tyranny and and in chaos to come. Uh, but as far as what he's done, now he as an attorney general can say I'm not going to enforce this mandate by the state, uh, by, by the, the federal courts. Um, I'm not going to lift a finger. That's one thing. It's another thing to say I am going to continue to enforce this state policy that has been declared unconstitutional, an unconstitutional violation of the rights of parents. That's a different ball game, And uh, he can say that, but if he actually does it, then uh, parent people and parents and, and Pacific Justice Institute can go right into court representing the parents, representing the school district that has been uh, infringed by this ultimatum, and get a, a federal order, to order him not to to place this and not to enforce this uh, against school districts. We at P.J.R. Uh, stand ready to uh, represent and go to bat for any school district out there, any parents uh, who are directly threatened uh, by this uh, t- attorney general moving forward. Uh, it's tyrannical. He may be, uh, you know, splicing and dicing his words just right uh, to prevent um, such an action. By you know. So, but the bottom line is. Um, he cannot take any action in violation of this federal court order without facing consequences including uh, potential damages um, and even a challenge for that matter to his membership in the state bar of California.
4: Oh wow, well that would take him out of office if he lost his uh, license wouldn't it? I mean yeah, I hope, he, he I, I needs hope to be so. taken out of office uh, Yes so
3: essentially yes.
4: Well, maybe we should pursue that. But in the meantime, parents have to do something to protect their children. And we are trying to practice the doctrine of the lesser magistrate that we talked about on our show last week. And we encourage parents to, to listen to that. But we have to do it through grassroots organizing. And just this last Tuesday, dozens of parents attended our elementary school board meeting. We, they, We were read. We spoke on behalf of parents. We Tried to really be have a presence there, uh, urging them to pass a parental notification policy in in a, in opposition to the Department of Ed that's saying you got to keep it secret. So uh, that is what we have to do, and we haven't been able to succeed in getting them to put it on the agenda yet that we hope to
2: do that. It's still ongoing. One other point, Brad, and then I have a question for you. But isn't
4: that what parents need to do? Yeah,
2: but I have one other. Let me make this point So there's a five to zero majority of of Republicans, of conservatives uh, on this school board that we're talking about, but they still have hesitated to pass this parental notification because there's been a lot of activism from the other side, from activists that show up at every school board meeting So my question for you, Brad, more broadly is, how important a role is it for, you do the legal side, but how important is it for citizens to show up at these school board meetings and, you know, write letters or send emails? How important a role does that play?
3: Yeah, it plays a very important role. Not just to show up once, but to show up regularly, and also to maintain a calm demeanor. I went to one board meeting. And, and Kern County, uh, school, uh, County School Board, and uh, there were just one or two who were just screaming and yelling, you know, against the, uh, the pro-LGBT radicals. And, you know, I expect them to, to behave that way. Uh, there is no reference point. There is no God. Um, there is no accountability. So the ends justify the means. I get, I get how they think, and it's very dangerous. Um, but people of faith, we need to reprove each other and keep each other in check on, in these kind of board meetings, be direct, be organized, know what we're going to say, uh, you know, and say it in, uh, in a manner that can no, in no way be interpreted as, as threatening or harassing, um, but, but to express our, our opinions and with the passion that we feel in our heart to do. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's very important. Uh, we at Pacific Justice Institute, I want to let people know, we have a book, a, a free book they can download. All our resources are free online. At, uh, they can go to, it's, a, it's a book called Reclaim Your School. Ah. And it talks all about how to legally and practically evangelize public schools. There's a lot of proactive, aggressive measures that can be taken to really make a huge difference uh, that are just simply not being taken advantage of. There's organizations like Decision Point and others that are actually going, we're helping them go into high schools, put on full-blown uh, outreach, revival rallies, and, and uh, incredible things. Uh, so I encourage it's they can download it for free at p. J I dot, dot O-R-G. We also have uh, customized opt-out letters. Um, you know, there's some groups that have opt-out letters that are generic for all 50 states, but they don't, they're not full and complete. They don't really look at California law specifically. Uh, we customize ours for each state. Uh, so the one in, for California, for example, is very detailed using state law. Uh, it's very thorough. And they can download that for free also from our website, pji.org. And one more thing I want to mention is, uh, regarding social workers, CPS, when they knock at your door, what do you do? What are the steps you should take, uh, to protect your, your families? You know, every, every family, every mom and dad should download that and have that printed out and on hand available if someone knocks on the door, makes a phone call, you know, from the social workers, uh, saying they need to come in, they need to investigate, uh, this is extremely critical. Parents that follow what we say and what we counsel, um, they have a, more than a 99% chance that they will not lose their children. If they do not do what we say and they just wing it, um, the odds of losing their children go way up, uh, permanently losing their children go way up. Uh, so these are valuable resources. I just want to make sure that people are aware of this. And they can get them at pji.org. They can also sign up to get our free e-newsletter to keep up with our many cases. We have over 200 cases in active, over 220 cases now, in active litigation coast-to-coast, more in California than anywhere else. And we have seven offices in California um, to, to serve people. So, they shouldn't hesitate to go to our website and take advantage of these free resources.
2: Well, that's really important that you shared that. I want to, we listened to your Zoom call last week, by the way, which was very informative. But one of the things you mentioned on that call was this AB 1078. We've been talking about school boards. Well, this seems to take away the rights of school boards to determine which books are allowed in the schools. Graphic sex books for elementary yeah. kids don't want the school board to play a role. So, are you going to be? Uh, are you already challenging that, or planning to challenge that? Or what, this seems to be illegal to me, unconstitutional.
3: Well, our our legal staff are looking at all of these recently passed laws, uh, signed into law by Governor Gavin Newsom, to attack uh, parents and parents' rights, uh, religious freedom, um, even churches to some degree. So we're looking at those. We're analyzing those right now. I can say right off the bat, if anyone. Is directly impacted by any of these new laws uniquely or directly impacted uh, they should definitely contact us because we can't file a lawsuit even if we want to file a lawsuit we can't file one unless we have someone uh, directly impacted otherwise we don't have standing what's called uh, legal standing uh, to do so so um, yeah I encourage people to, to contact us um, in that situation But I mean, will say this uh, there is something that school districts still can do uh, even though their rights have been greatly truncated gutted if you will and that is they have the right to notice, uh, to give notice to parents about whatever they want to give notice regarding uh, these matters. So they can give notice to parents to let them know that this has been passed, that their hands have been tied. And so, therefore, they want to let parents know this is the materials. These are the pictures. These are the names of the books. This is the quotations from the materials uh, that they're required to give. This is what's going to be in the classrooms explicitly regarding LGBTQ confusion and, uh, and sexual uh, indoctrination. They can give that in writing, email, they can leave a voice message via text, they can do all this stuff, and they should, and they can even include a letter saying, we have attachment of alternative educational uh, uh, alternatives that you might want to look at, including Christian schools, uh, homeschooling programs, uh, homeschool co-ops in the community. Uh, you know, th- these are even uh, charter schools where well, they don't have the, the same protection of, of private and homeschooling and homeschool co-ops. But they can d- put that information in with contacts, uh, and that's what I would do if I was on a school board that was truly a parent-friendly board. Um, I would give parents full notice uh, of what's coming down, what's in the schools, and the full notice of here's educational alternatives, um, and just, and, and if it results in, 50 percent 70 90 percent of the kids being pulled from the public school then'll so be it
2: hallelujah yeah. Yeah.
4: that is really good yeah. to know because it's hard for parents to get to all the all the other parents uh, we don't have this email list or the mailing list and so yeah we can encourage our our Republicans conservative school board members to let everybody know let that communicate. is a very good thing to know so and and one just in our last remaining time, You said on the Zoom call that the root of this terrible problem that we have is these tyrants that are in office, Gavin Newsom, Bonta, the other state governments, and we need to get that Christian voting rate up. It's only 40%. If just the Christians voted, we could get these people out of office, correct?
3: Yeah, and in fact, we have something very unique to help with that as well. We have a uh, church engagement office that educates and empowers churches to do voter registration Sundays, civic stewardship Sundays. This last election, prior to that, we, had, we got over 500 churches to do that. Uh, about half of them are California. The others were in Arizona, Nevada. We're expecting to double that number before the election in 2024. It's had pivotal differences in targeted uh, congressional races. Uh, this is done through Pacific Justice Institute's uh, Center for Public Policy, so this is, it's right there. and We can work with churches to make a real difference. Every church should do voter registration. That is a minimal, minimal, because that is simply a, what caring and loving people do is they vote. It's a manifestation couldn't, of a public Couldn't spot. agree more.
4: Couldn't agree with me more. So we've reached the end of our time, but I'm so grateful that you were with us today. We've learned a lot. We've educated our listeners. Thank you for coming and being on our show. To bless your neighbor, go to P j.i.org make a donation get the resources that brad has mentioned join your local parents group speak out to protect children we have to do this till next week
1: join us next saturday at noon for biblical citizen let's roll your hosts brian and kathleen Melanakis, seek to educate and activate christians at a grassroots level helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good Next week, we will cover another major news happening from the view of the biblical citizen.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn...